0: You're listening to Daryl.com. You've got questions, we'll get you the answers. AskDaryl.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 66 of the Ask Daryl podcast. The Ask Daryl podcast is where I, your host, Daryl Girardier, take your questions on social media technology and communications, all dealing with the church do my best to answer them in the most brief yet thorough way possible. Today, we're talking about reading, and more importantly, books, books you should be reading this fall. I, in fact, what I've done is I've gone and culled through my reading list of things that I've been reading lately and put together what I think are the books that you should be reading for, like, for the fall. So think of it like your fall church communications reading list. Uh, I know people put together like a summer reading list. I decided to put together a fall reading list. No, this list is not thematic. But this list is, I think, a pretty good list of a variety of books that I have impacted me that I think you could get something from these books as well. So before we do that one housekeeping note, if the audio on this is slightly not what it normally is, it's because I'm recording in an undisclosed location because my wife has commandeered the podcast makeshift studio that I currently use because she's writing her second book, So and she's got a deadline. So I told her, take it. And she's reconfigured it to make it her own. So right now it's a writing room. It's not a podcast studio. So if the audio is slightly different, bear with me on that. So apologies on that on the front end. Also, if you haven't done it yet, go check out the church uh, that church conference. Um, I'll be speaking there. There's a streaming... A component now that you can watch if you want to watch the conference via stream, which I think is going to be really cool, um, then use the promo code DCT and you can get a discount on watching the streaming of a really cool conference with a lot of really fun people speaking about church communications. All right, let's dive back into the topic, which is a book reading list for the fall. These are books that I've picked out that have impacted me that I thought these were really good. I really enjoyed them. And I think they have an impact on my current work that I'm doing. And I think if you do anything remotely like what I do, which is deal with church communications, I think they'll have an impact on your work as well. So the links to all these books will be included in the show notes, on the blog post. So if you're like, I don't remember that book, don't worry. Just go to DarylGirardi.com and this should be right there. Or in your podcast player, you can look at the show notes and the, the, the notes will be there as well for the links to the books. All right. So here we go. First book is called The Coaching Habit. Uh, say less and ask more and change the way you lead forever by Michael Bungay. I think it's how you pronounce his last name. He wrote a couple other really good books uh, called like, I think it's called like, do good work and do more good work. And this book is really about not so much. It is to a certain degree about coaching employees. If you have employees, this is a really good book in that regard, but it's really about dealing with people and getting down to the root of the issue. When you're having a conversation with them, a lot of times when I the position that I'm in when I'm dealing with a minister or I'm dealing with a, a, a volunteer or somebody who wants something done from us or was working with us on a project, and sometimes they have a hard time describing the issue that they're dealing with, that they want to help us to communicate, the need that they want our video or artistically design-wise to help them communicate to the church. Um, there's a series of questions that you can ask and go through that help them unpack what they're really dealing with. And this book is, I think it's like it's like five or seven questions. I can't remember the actual number total. I haven't written down. But they're like five or seven questions that you ask somebody. And really quickly, you get to the heart of the issue, no matter what you're dealing with. Um, and it's really a book about asking questions and not about giving answers. And I read, as I read this book, I realized, man, I spend a good portion of my time when I'm in a room with somebody giving answers and not listening and asking questions. And this book is all about how to ask the right questions so you can get the right answers out of people and serve them better in your church communications role. At least that's the way I took it From me when I was reading through the book. It's a really good read, a quick read, um, but nonetheless, it's, I think, a really stellar read in terms of just helping you understand how to communicate better, how to listen better, and most importantly, how to ask questions better. Second book is called Procrastinate on Purpose, Five Permissions to Multiply Your Time by someone named Rory Vaden. Um, Rory Vaden actually runs a consultant firm here in Nashville. Um, so he's a, he's a local guy. Uh, this book really, really shifted my way of thinking in terms of how I actually get things done. Like most of us, we have a massive to-do list of projects that other people want us to do. And the question is, how do I get all of that in and done on time and done well? And this book walks you through a five-step process by how to eliminate a lot of the fluff out of your work and get down to really what needs to be done and figure out what's the best way to get it done. One of the key things I walked away from this book was the concept that when you're looking at a task, it's not a question of how can I get it done, it's a question of how can the task get done and whether or not I'm the right person even to do the task. I really, really enjoyed this book. Um, it was a little, it may be a little, uh, it's a little bit fluff in, in certain, in, to a certain sense, because it's more about principles, but, um, I wouldn't say fluff in terms of like actual takeaways though. Cause I walked away with it a lot, liking it a lot. And it's a really, really good book. It changed my way of thinking. It changed the way I actually now manage my day. Um, in fact, I kind of radically altered the way I change my day. And I've been doing this methodology for about the last two weeks. And I can say I've gotten a, probably about three times more done than I normally would have gotten done using a traditional getting things done methodology, which is the David Allen book that I've always recommended and still recommend because it's still a good book. But to me, it's really kind of changed my way of thinking about how actually we can get stuff done here around in the office. Now, the next book, ironically, is kind of juxtaposed to that. It's about not getting things done. It's about Sabbath, and this book is Sabbath as Resistance, Saying No to the Culture of Now by Walter Brueggemann. And I really enjoyed this book because it really, really challenged my thinking, not so much in just the terms of the idea of setting aside Sabbath of a day of rest, but Sabbath in the sense of resisting all the chaos in the world, the world that says you're not enough, you need this, you need this, and finding sufficiency in Christ. Um, So it's a book that I was honestly— just searching for, looking for, thinking I was wanting to read something on consumerism and how it's affecting us, especially from a marketing perspective. And this book took it from a different angle, comparing, uh, using some parallels in terms of Moses' story about the idea of fighting the resistance, resisting, resisting the resisting the concept of trying to keep up with this culture. And so sometimes for us, especially as you get ready to go into Christmas, for a lot of us in church communications world, we know that's, a, that's like Easter. It's a high time of go, 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 go. This book is a really good reminder of when it's time to take a stop and think and relax, and rest, and rejuvenate yourself so the fact you can actually serve people better. The next book is one that, honestly, I didn't think I was going to enjoy when I got it. It looked a little like, mm, why am I reading this? But I've been recommended by two or three different people. I thought, okay, I'll give it a chance. It is called The Checklist Manifesto by Altu Gawande, which, I, I, again, I'm probably butchering his last name. Uh, and this book was a fascinating book. It was a little bit... Um, Malcolm Gladwell-esque in its stories, like the stories that it showed about people and why people use checklists. And you would think like, man, a book on checklists, that sounds absolutely boring, but it wasn't because it really, really walks through the process of why checklists, even small checklists, can actually fundamentally change the way you work. For example, when you have a surgical team together, if they use a, if they have a checklist and that checklist says something simple as, hey, everybody introduce yourself, that changes the rate of which a failure can happen because all of a sudden people now know each other by name, and you're more or less you're more apt to ask questions, more apt to ask things. It makes a collegial atmosphere, which allows people to perform better. And I never thought about that, but there's all these examples they give of checklists, and it really made me think. Okay, for us, we need to make document all of our standard operating procedures, and start start needing having checklists for things. So I now have checklists for basic tasks for me running live worship on a Sunday morning. I have a master checklist I walk through before we start an online worship service, just so I don't forget things and I don't rely on my brain to remember all those things, but I can sure every single time we'll deliver the same quality across the board. So it's a good book. Um, It's one that I think, honestly, you probably should read together if you have a team uh, and really challenge the way you think about how you run your team and how you actually get things done. The next book is a, gosh, this is a book I probably have reread variations of this book probably two or three times. It's called The 80-20 Principle. Um, it is by Richard uh, Cook. I love this book. This book really will challenge you to ask the card question of what is really the thing that's getting that's getting the most bang for the buck? Out of all the things you do, 20% of what you do is probably generating 80% of the really good things in your church, especially your church's communications. So what are those 20%? And how do you multiply those 20%? How do you do more of those 20% types of things? So for example... You may be spending a tremendous amount of time on your church bulletin, but if your church bulletin is not really getting people in the door, or getting people to do this call to action that you need them to do, it may be time to get rid of the church bulletin and maybe find other means that you know is more effective. Maybe it's text messaging campaign. I'm not sure what it is for you, but as you start measuring things, it's time you start identifying those things in your church communication world that are producing maximum results with minimum effort. They're the 20%. You're only putting 20% of your time, but you're getting 80% of the results from it. But you can also apply that to your personal life. What are projects that you personally work on that are just to consume a smaller amount of your time, but you get a bigger bang for the buck? And how can you do more of those types of projects in your daily life? I found for me, I know there's certain projects that I'm working on for worship for us that's where my twenty percent is. If I can do really great work for the worship team, I know for a fact, hands down, that is where we get our best our best effort, and that's where we get our best results from. People consistently walk away going, "Wow, that moved me. That impacted me." So for me, I know out of all of our work, worship may take up twenty percent of our time in terms of the actual work that we produce for worship, but that's where we're gonna we're gonna pour more and more time and energy and effort into worship because at the end of the day, we're getting better results from that. And the last book, this book is a, I'm gonna say it's a heady book. It's, it's it's a philosophical book on business, but fundamentally changed for me the way I look at the future, and it set up some interesting paradox um, paradigms for how I frame it. And this book is called Zero to One, by uh, again named Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel is a famous investor. He started PayPal. He was one of the first investors into Facebook. An extremely intelligent guy. And this is actually a book that was taken from a class I believe he taught at Stanford, I want to say. And this is compiled together, turned into a book. And this book really, really challenges the way you look at the future, Uh, challenges how we think about how we should run uh, organizations um, and what competition should look like. Um, And it's just it's a great book. Uh, It really will stretch your thinking. It really stretched mine and probably one I need to go back and read again. But even like how we look at the future and and uh, it really, really, really is a, is a, is a strong, challenging book. Um, I actually think every pastor should read this book. I genuinely think they should because I think there's a couple of chapters in there, especially how he talks about how you frame the future and how the fact that we, we – it, whenever America has had a positive, determined view of the future—in other words, we knew exactly where we were going and we were really positive about that view—we produce scientists and engineers and artists. And then, whenever America doesn't have a good view of its future, we produce more lawyers and financial advisors. So uh, you can definitely kind of call from that what you want, but I definitely think it's a great read. It's it's one that you're going to sit down, you want some quiet, and you want to kind of think about it, and you probably have to ponder it a little bit, but. I love the book and it's a good book. And the reason for me in church communications, it helps me help me think through the future and future technologies as as we get these new technologies. What's that future look like for us? Um, how can these technologies apply to what we're doing? And does that framework work for us in the future? So it's a really good book. I love it. It's, uh, it's not on a lot of people's top of their reading list because you wouldn't think it applies to church communications. But I think it really does, especially in regards to looking towards the future. So that's my fall reading list. Uh, these are all books that I love. Remember, as someone once said, and I don't know who it was, but leaders are readers. So you should be reading, constantly learning all the time. And I think books are one of the best ways to do that. So this is my fall reading list. Grab some of these books, sit down, enjoy. Let me know what you think of them. Uh, let me know if there's other books you think, hey, these are books you should be reading. I'd love to do that. Maybe I'll do a second, maybe I'll do a winter reading list and I'll add those to that list as well. If you've got a question for me, over to askdaryl.com. That's a s k d a r e lcom Or you can be up on Twitter. I'm at D-G-I-R-A-R-D-I-E-R. Or you can join our Church Communications Facebook group. and Just type in Church Communications uh, into Facebook and you'll see the group. It's a closed group, but ask for an invite and Katie and I will let you on in. We'd love to have you join the group. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to askdaryl.com. Don't forget, if you've got questions, go, go online and submit them, them to askdaryl.com.